grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, there's always something kind of a bit sobering about that gospel reading for today. And often we hear of death, it's mentioned and then moved on in conversation of something more uplifting and pleasant. Let's not talk about those things. But here we are, this sobering image before us that forces us to face the fact that death isn't the end. There is indeed more than just dying from this world, and that's the end of it. And as Christians, we know this. We've been taught this. We know that there's more than just dying in this world and that there is a life to come. And that's what we confess. That's the reality we know, that there are two different outcomes. There's either the one we see with this rich man or the one with Lazarus. So listen again to what Jesus is teaching us today as he's teaching us how to die. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sore. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. It's a cliche, but, you know, it's true. Death is the great equalizer. When someone dies, it doesn't matter one iota who he was, how much money he has, or even how old or young he may be. Death is, as the prophet Isaiah writes, the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. So here's death in this reading from Luke's gospel. And the physical nature of things jumps out when we hear this state of Lazarus in this life, where even the dogs lick his sores. My kids are afraid of dogs, and so this is a terrifying sight. And then you have this state of the rich man in hell. Now the hymn, O Sacred Head Now Wounded, is something that's sung on Good Friday, and has a part in St. Matthew's Passion by Bach, and has one of its stanzas as this. We sing it on Good Friday, and it's in the Passion according to St. Matthew by Bach. Be thou my consolation, my shield when I must die. Remind, remind me of thy passion when my last hour draws nigh. Mine eyes shall then behold thee, upon thy cross shall dwell. My heart by faith enfold thee. Who dieth thus, dies well. So dying well is dying in the Christian faith. It's dying in God's grace in Christ. And you look through the history of the church and throughout her services and her liturgies, and often in times of litany, one of the things Christians pray for is a Christian death. Death for the Christian is a death that looks to the Lord and in his death and sees death conquered and defeated by the one who's emptied himself, bearing the sin of the world and the shame of the cross. One of the pastoral things that was done at the bedside of the dying was to read the account of Jesus dying on the cross and to hold before their eyes a crucifix. In our death, we see the one who died in our place. So this dying well, then, is the art of dying. And it was a popular thing in the Middle Ages, right after the, around the time of Martin Luther. 
And there were even two famous books written called the Ars Moriendi, or the Art of Dying. But you see here in this reading, Jesus shows that not all death is dying well. So the rich man, he went through life not preparing for death. He had a good life in terms of the things of this world. Now he wants even the smallest drop of water to touch his parched tongue. Now contrast that with what we heard in his life, where every single day he feasted sumptuously. But the thing is, it shouldn't surprise him that he's in this state, or at least he should know that now that he's on this side of the grave. The rich man called Abraham father which can tell us that he was someone who had heard God's word. The Jews who called Abraham their father had the oracles of God. They had the word of God entrusted to them. So this rich man had everything in this life, but the most important thing, the one thing needful, he paid no attention to. Or at least he didn't pay much to what God's word had to say. But he had Moses and the prophets. And yet now that reality sits in as he sees his whole life on earth was a life of poverty. It was nothingness, vanity. And he thinks he still gets to call the shots, even as he's suffering in Hades. He talks out to Abraham and says, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in cold water and touch my tongue. For I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child... Remember that, in you, that you in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in anguish. And besides all this between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you must not be able and no one may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. So resigning to his fate, the rich man finally considers others in the world, at least at this state, but he's still clueless. He wants his brothers to be spared the same fate. But Abraham answers his cry, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. So Abraham tells the rich man what he was told many times during his earthly life. And so Abraham, he knows a a thing or two about Moses and the prophets. Abraham in the Old Testament reading had something counted to him through God's word. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir, for your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted to him as righteousness. Pastor Lingard said in that wonderful summary that here was Abraham, who had many things in this world. But yet, what was it that counted before God? That righteousness counted to him through faith. He gave a nice summary. I thought I was just going to get up and leave since he already preached the sermon. Well, here I am. So Abraham had God's word, and he believed it. He was humble. He looked outside of himself, trusting in what God promised him. His life was lived in preparation for death, knowing that the Lord would fulfill his promises. And you remember, this is the same guy who took his own son up the mountain to kill him, Isaac. 
And he was trusting in the Lord who would even raise the dead, raise his own son from the dead that he would kill. That's what the book of Hebrews tells us. He was trusting Moses and the prophets. That was his rich feast, which he feasted sumptuously upon. But this rich man, well, he had God's word, but he rejected it. And now here are his brothers, tempting the very same thing. And God tells us he cannot be tempted and mocked. Now Lazarus was called by name by God, and though he lacked things in a worldly sense, having God's word, he had everything. He had eternal life. It doesn't diminish the fact that he was suffering in this life. But for you, dear Christian, hearing this word of God spoken to you today, there's first off a warning from God. Jesus is showing you your own mortality. The wages of sin is death, and you're a sinner. So Jesus, this very morning, as we're gathered here in this place, he's preparing you to die. Jesus is warning you what happens when you do not listen to what he teaches you and the word he has given to you. Because a life lived in the world which does not have eyes toward death and the grave is a life that really is a death, living death already. Right after that gospel reading from last Sunday from John 3, Jesus says this. This is after John 3.17. Jesus says, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. This is where the words of Abraham, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead, are a sobering call to repentance. If you won't listen to God's word, then you're lost. And not even someone someone rising from the dead will convince you of the things of God. But that temptation is real. It's a real and hard temptation that our sinful flesh wants to indulge in to listen to other things and simply not listen to God's word. Because we're in the here and now. We look at the things around us. We see, we smell, we taste all of these things that are in our midst. And it's easy to put out of sight the thought that hell is real with real torment and real people that go there. The lifestyle of the rich man shows us what his attitude was towards his possessions. He wasn't condemned simply because he was rich, but his riches were his God. This is seen in how he treated Lazarus, who noticed who was placed not just at some gate, but who was placed at his gate. The rich man had plenty, Lazarus was in need, and rather than using his possession and serving to his neighbor of seeing them as just simply that, the things of this world, what did he do? He rejoiced, he reveled in what he had, while Lazarus laid dying outside of his gate with dogs licking his sores. That's where that epistle reading today explains this well and kind of reveals to us, shows what this life looks like as we who belong to God. St. John writes, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So look 
hard at your life. Examine it closely and ask yourself this question. Is there anything in my life that I'm loving in a way like this rich man? How do you know? Go through the Ten Commandments. Compare your life to them. Am I fearing and loving and some fear, love, and trusting in something other than God? Are my words and actions not calling upon God, but rather profaning his name? Am I despising preaching and the word of God? Am I not honoring and obeying those who have been placed in authority over me? Go through the list. And then think, am I living a life that knows I am heading toward death? Or am I living my life my own way, on my own terms, and not wanting to think about those other things? Or to put it in the statement of Abraham, I have God's word. Am I listening to it or finding every excuse not to hear it, to put it on the back burner or not conform my life to it? So that's, it's always a telling thing and marker of this when you stop and start thinking about this. And when you think about what God says to you, and then when you're honest with yourself, when you realize what it is you're treasuring in this life and what you are putting all of your time and effort into, what you're fearing, what you're living your life by, you start to see something. You see, you need to repent. Because if you can look at your past week, your past month, or whatever the case may be, and count on the number of times you actually sat down and read the scriptures, but can't even count the number of hours you've devoted to things like sporting events, television shows, or even your work, what has come to define your life? Is it the things of God or the things of this world? Well, what defined the life of the rich man? So too, when you have God's word and you want to be arrogant and stubborn enough to remain in your sin or think you know better than God and what he teaches you, you also need to repent. You have Moses and the prophets. Listen to them. Repent. So dying well is dying in Christ. It's realizing that death is only because of the fall into sin, and you have the victory over death. The comfort of Christ today is found in the Lord who was crucified for you and is risen from the dead and does, in fact, preach to you. As you're going through this dying world and you see your own mortality, Jesus fixes your eyes on life. This very morning, the Lord is in your midst, and he's here with a word to say to you. Jesus says, I forgive you. I've taken your sin upon my shoulders. I've been and am faithful. See me upon the cross. See my hands. See my feet. See the side which was pierced and see that by my stripes you are healed. And I have washed you clean in holy baptism. I have taken your filthy rags and you who were laid outside the gate of my kingdom. And I've brought you in clothed you with my righteousness, clothed you with all that I have and all that is given to you and put you and given you a place at the feast and so eat to the plenty. Life, salvation are yours and look forward to that day when you will be with me at that feast that knows no end.
That is what Jesus says to you today. Listen to him. Fixing your eyes on Christ, you have a new life. And a life that lives knowing and living with a gaze towards the horizon. Whereas Christians, we see our grave. We know that it's in the future, unless the Lord returns first. But here's the thing that we know as Christians who belong to Christ. Our grave, when we think about it in our future, it stands open. And it's empty. And the Lord stands over it, having lifted you out of his grave. Our daughter Anastasia, whose name means resurrection, has this icon in her, um, in her room of Jesus lifting Adam and Eve out of their graves. It's wonderful. So your life is lived preparing for death. You don't deny it. But you face it with the promise of the resurrection from the dead. So when you go through this life then and you do see the things of this world... That you see them as temporal, and you see them as that you are stewards of the possessions that you have. It doesn't mean you shun all possessions, but when you see your neighbor in need, when he has been placed at your gate, you help him as you can, and you point him to that same hope that you have in Christ. And as you think about death, your life is lived in view of your Lord's death and resurrection. You cling to the promises that because he lives, so shall you. And just as he is risen from the dead, you shall too shall rise from your graves. And you will live with him and his saints and his new creation that he will create. So whenever they, that day may come, or if the Lord returns first, you die well. You die in the Christian faith, which is a death that has life. So, dear Christians, be encouraged today and see the wonderful hope you have in Christ who was crucified for you and has conquered death. J.S. Bach ended another one of his great works, St. John's Passion. You have St. John's Passion, St. Mark's, St. Matthew's Passion. If you've never heard of them, Google them. They're on YouTube. A lot of them are in German. If you don't know German, learn German. It's better. <laughs> and so, I don't mean that in an arrogant way. It's just, it sounds prettier. Even German can sound pretty. I know that's crazy. But he ends St. John's passion with a proclamation that sums up well what you look and see in Christ and what that means for you. So after this thing goes on, it's a long time. It's longer, you know, like two, three hours long. After hearing the whole passion account from John's gospel and ending with Jesus being laid into the tomb, the choir sings, Rut vol ihr heiligen Geiben, that is, rest well, you holy remains. Rest well, their body of Jesus. And then right after that, there's a pause. And then the great work of Bach ends with these words, the choir singing them in German, just one stanza of a hymn. Lord, let at last thine angels to come, to Abraham's bosom bear me home, that I may die unfearing, and in its narrow chamber keep my body safe in peaceful sleep until thy reappearing. And then from death awaken me, that these mine eyes with joy may see. O Son of God, thy glorious face, my Savior and my fount of grace. Lord Jesus Christ, my prayer attend, my prayer attend, and I will praise thee without end. Amen.